Hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome to KT Confidential. This is episode 174. Today, we did things a little bit differently. We had a very important team discussion on the current state of the real estate market. And we thought it would be valuable to bring that message to the public and let you know what's going on. So you can have the inside scoop on exactly what's happening. Because by the time the media tells you about it, the market has changed. Hope you enjoy. Let's get right into today's discussion and today's topic. Um, and thanks for taking the time to have this discussion. Uh, I wanted, or Adrian and I have been chatting over the last couple of days about changes in the market. And we're going to talk specifically on the Milton market. It applies to Halton region, Peel region, Wellington region, Niagara region, all of the areas that we trade in on a regular basis. Um, how many of you just uh, raise of hand or uh, make a quick comment? How many of you are recognizing over the last few days that there have been changes uh, in the market? Yeah, mm -hmm. everybody. Yeah. So that's what we want to chat about today. So I've made a few point form notes. Um, I've had a lot of discussions in the last few days with clients and some of you, and I wanted to just give you my insight based on my experience, uh, not only over the last 10 years in the business, but my experience recently in the last week or two, um, working hands-on with quite a few buyers and sellers. Uh, I've also had the discussion with a lot of realtors from other areas outside of our trade area. Um, so roundtable discussion today. Okay. Uh, I'll go through my stuff. Uh, Adrian, you can chime in to whatever I comment on, and then we'll open it up to the rest of you guys to ask us questions, um, but also give us what you're seeing, your experience, uh, and the feedback that we're getting from um, the general public, from our clients, from people you're talking to on a day-to-day -day basis. So the first thing I wanted to talk about is kind of backtracking to December of 2021 is when we saw a lot of the inventory prior to the Christmas uh, holiday season uh, start to deplete, right? We saw that not enough homes were coming on the market. Not a lot of people want to market their home during Christmas time, New Year's. Uh, they think there's less buyers out in the market, so they hold off. And what we saw in January and February, especially, is a very low supply of inventory, right? And that was right across the board. So naturally, and this happens on a regular basis, we have peaks and valleys throughout the year that occur. And those peaks and valleys, as much as we'd love to say we have that crystal ball, we don't know the exact timing of when these are going to transpire. And sometimes the quote unquote spring market, whatever that means, uh, could start early, it could start late, or there could never be um, a proper definition of what actually is a spring market. So what we saw in January and February with low inventory is that there was a significant buyer demand for purchasing a home, whether it was because of the low interest rates and the 
discussion of rates increasing, which they did a couple of weeks ago. Um, just the demand that COVID has created, people needing different type of home, uh, needing a home office, needing to relocate, wanting more backyard. Now they're working from home. And, you know, those are things we talked about over the last two years. And that's why there's been a lot of real estate transactions. But when there's a low inventory and high demand, it naturally creates a seller's market. And what we saw was there were 5, 10, 15 plus buyers for just one specific listing. And those buyers were, <laughs> I'll use a trending term, they had FOMO, fear of missing out, right? So if that home sold, there wasn't another home just like it, or there wasn't another home that was guaranteed to come on the market in the next week. And these buyers are then saying, okay, well, I don't want to lose out on this home. I'm going to up my offer. And it created what we know as a multiple offer situation and what the market potentially knows as a bidding war. And the bidding war had people just outbidding each other to ridiculous levels. So we saw the prices of homes starting to escalate. Now, when there's a low supply and high demand and prices are getting outbid and the prices are climbing, what happened was sellers and realtors got together and said, all right, your home, this home is worth, and we'll use round numbers today, a million bucks. Let us strategically price it at $850,000. Why? A little bit of a smoke and mirror show, isn't it? So you get buyers coming in seeing, wow, this is a nice house. They're only asking eight fifty. dollars Maybe we can get it for nine, nine fifty. The last one sold for a million. So even if we get it for a million, that's a deal. So you have multiple buyers now with the same mindset, and they're all putting offers in. While there's seven other people competing, and I have a fear of missing out, I know that if this home sells today for more than a million dollars, which is likely the next home that replaces it is going to sell more than that home. And there's that natural progression of the price just escalating. And that's what we've seen over the last, well, over January and February specifically. And over that period of time, the prices, depending on what type of home and where it's located, um, increased somewhere in the vicinity of anywhere from 4 to 10%. So now, end of February, beginning of March comes around, Bank of Canada increases the overnight rate by a half a percent. Now, if you listen to past podcasts of ours, recent Two ones, half a percent. Correct. So if you listen to the uh, past podcast, um, we talked a little bit about what this increase on uh, the rate will have in the marketplace. And 
Adrian and I both agreed that it's probably going to heat up the buyer market, right? There's going to be more buyers now saying, oh, I better get in now before the rate goes up even further. My rate is still attractive. I've locked in, potentially I've locked in a pre-approval. So my rate is still lower. And now I have that 60, 90 day window to buy something. I had that discussion um, with someone two days ago. They're like, okay, we have until this day to buy it because then our pre-approval expires. So they're, exactly. they're under pressure. Yeah. So here's what's happened. In January and February, there were a lot of buyers going out into the market to buy a home because they felt the prices were going to continue to go up, which over the year they will. And they've gone up substantially over that past kind of six month period of time. So they're saying, well, we've been talking about upgrading the house. The prices just keep going up. We've got to buy something now. So we have people that own a home currently that went out and bought another home over December, January, February. Then we have people that are wait, were waiting to sell their home in the spring market right? How many sellers we've talked to over the years that say, oh no, we want to sell in the spring, in the spring market, right? Then we have sellers that have purchased a new construction home. A lot of the new construction was delayed uh, last year and the year before. And we have an abundance of new homes that are closing now between March and June. So we've got those people in the market. And then we've got the sellers that want to cash out, whether they're investors or people saying, I'm moving to Halifax because I can buy half of the province for the price of my townhouse in Milton. Um, or, you know, they, they're just pushing outward. Uh, they're going to Niagara and whatever. They're cashing out. So now you've got all these different types of sellers that decided magically in the last two weeks that we're going to sell our home. What did that do? It created an influx of inventory almost overnight. So in Milton, as an example, where we were only seeing one or two detached homes going on the market on a daily basis in, in January and February, all of a sudden, end of February, beginning of March, we started seeing 20 detached homes, 15 detached homes, and all of a sudden the market became oversaturated. You guys all saw that, I'm sure, right? So now what's happening is you have those sellers or those listings where the price was below mark, quote unquote market value, right? And I'll preface that by saying market value is only what somebody's willing to pay for the house, which is a variable. It's not a constant. So take that million dollar home. It's listed for 850. When that was the only home available and nothing to replace it, people would have easily paid 1.1 just to get their hands on it. As of right now, that million dollar home listed for 850 might have five to 10 competing properties that are all using the same kind of strategy because nothing from a strategy standpoint, we're starting to see the turn, but nothing from the strategy standpoint changed. So now you've got 
10 homes that are worth a million that are all listed between eight and nine hundred thousand dollars. And those now five, 10, 15 buyers, instead of having one or two options, they now have 10. So what's happening now, in my belief, is that buyers are taking a little bit more control of the situation. And we're starting to see a little bit more of a balance. That's why we've seen over the last couple of weeks, homes that don't sell on offer night or don't have any offers on offer night. And now they have to either reposition themselves strategically by price or by offer strategy. The other thing that I've, and this is just me from noticing what the buyer market is doing as a real estate market, buyers have been conditioned to now expect and it's going to change. It already is changing. But over that period of time, December through end of February, buyers were conditioned to understand that the price that they see is likely $100,000, $300,000 less than what the home is actually going to sell for. So there's this artificial market that was created that is now getting an inventory surplus and nobody knows what the hell is going on, right? A lot of realtors that don't sell into a specific market might not have their pulse on the market to know intimately how to navigate that. And that's why we're talking about it today as a roundtable. Um, so we share ideas and thoughts and we're able to educate our audience and educate our clients uh, accordingly. So that is my quick synopsis of why we're having this discussion and what I've seen over the last three months. Um, Adrian, if you want to elaborate and give us your insight, I'd uh, greatly appreciate because I'm yeah. always looking forward to your insight. Are you? Are you? Chris, if you grew a funky goatee, you'd look like Tony Stark with those glasses on. Oh, thank you. I yeah. might be old. Who's Tony Stark? Tony Stark is Iron the character Man. played by Robert Downey Jr. Robert Man. Robert Man? Iron Man. Iron Man. I'm getting so excited being in the presence of a celebrity lookalike. Um, yeah, so first of all, I think these conversations are really important because we spend thousands of dollars and effortless, uh, endless hours, um, preparing our listings for sale to make them look fantastic. But if we don't have the strategy of offers and, um, price point hammered down properly, we're not going to be getting in front of the right audience to attract them to the house that we've invested so much time and money into getting ready. And I don't know about the rest of you, but for me, Pricing and offer strategy, uh, strategizing is probably the most stressful part of the process because it's like there's so many scenarios, so many options, um, and it can have a profound impact on the end results of the sale. Um, so when we're in times like now, when we're transitioning from a market where price was list price was a bit less relevant um, because. You, it could just be an arbitrary number. Uh, anyone, everyone would just line up at the door versus now where uh, it is very important because if you decide 
um, maybe not so much today, but for sure, like a week ago, I think, or even two weeks ago in that range, if you had a price that was perfectly in and around market value, a large portion of the audience that would consider to buy the type of home may not even see it because they're looking like Ariel is saying, they're looking at homes that are priced two, three, four hundred thousand dollars under where they expect to end up. So if they have a search set up accordingly, your home doesn't even appear to them. Um, or they see it and they're like, oh, they're expecting two, three over that. They're crazy, right? They may not even realize you're not holding offers. So those things, those decisions can be detrimental to the sale. Um, so it's important to kind of keep an eye and I'd love to hear everybody's feedback, not only on what's happening in Milton, but I know some of you are out in other areas, Toronto, Cambridge, um, Hamilton, Niagara, um, be nice to hear from you. I've also been chatting with real estate agents that are not on our team that have active listings. Um, I recently did a listing presentation for a couple who own a townhouse in Milton and the identical model was for sale a couple streets over. And um, I reached out to that realtor a couple of days after offer night. This is actually this past Monday. And um, he said, oh, we didn't sell. We suspended it. Um, and by all accounts, a week earlier, I'm sure they would have sold for over asking. And the general consensus I'm getting from people I'm speaking with in outside of our team as well is that showings are down. Um, so pricing is becoming more important by the day. And then what happens in that scenario is that there is what I call downward pressure, right? So there's not, yeah. not necessarily a devaluing of the home. Um, because I believe there will be a, a, a rebound from what is happening. Again, those peaks and valleys. And right now we're going into a downward pressure. And what the important thing is for sellers and for agents representing those sellers is to understand what is happening today in the market and to get ahead of the market. So if you believe that there is downward pressure and potentially the home is going to be worth two, three, five, 10% less in the coming weeks, then you want to get ahead of that. So if there is a competing home and that home is at a million dollars, you might now price your home a little bit more aggressively if you're in a position where you have to sell. And you're going to see a little bit more negotiation happening where the buyers do have a little bit more control. I think the important uh, thing to at least think about is that strategy now could potentially be changing and still a lot of people trying to figure it out, right? Like there's a lot of agents that are um, listing their properties with an offer night, still listing it below asking price. But all of a sudden, we're starting to see homes that are listed at what I call the buy it now price, right? So they're not being greedy. They're not trying to, to add get that button to our website. Buy it now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go the eBay model. So you have the yeah. two options. Um, that's something we've we've talked about. So, you know, in, in that case, now you've got one home that's worth a million dollars and they set a buy it now price of a million twenty nine thousand dollars and the same house that has a totally different strategy 
that's listed for eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So, so the buyers are going to be, you know, their heads are going to be a little bit scrambled. They're they're like, what do we do now? Um, and I think what's going to happen, and we're going to see that happen this week, is they're just going to hold still. I actually had that conversation with uh, buyers of mine that have a home to sell. And I told them, you know what? Just wait a week and let's see what's what's starting to occur with all of the listings that are currently on the market. And why I did that was because you want to be very cognizant. If you go out and you buy a home today, based on you selling your home for X amount of dollars, nobody's guaranteeing that X, right? So if you go out and you buy a house today and it's two weeks before your home gets on the market, what has transpired in that two weeks that could potentially affect the value of your property? When, when you know, we're in an upward push that's fine. Your home might be worth $10,000 more than the conversation we had two weeks ago. But when there is downward pressure, there is a possibility your home could be worth $10,000 less than the conversation we had 10 weeks, uh, two weeks ago. So, you know, the real estate market is not much different than the stock market. And for those of you that buy stocks, sometimes you buy them low and sell them high. Sometimes you buy them low and sell them lower. Sometimes you make uh, 5% on your money and you're happy. Sometimes when you double your money, you cash out. Um, It's no different. And it's timing the market and understanding how to time the market. That's extremely, extremely important. So um, let's throw it to the team and hear... I'd like to hear what you guys are experiencing. Well, I think that I think the key phrase you guys have been using, both you guys um, said, is to have a strategic plan going into um, both buying and selling. But I mean, so many we're seeing like it's. I've just pulled up the quick stats here. I mean, the last seven days, there's been uh, over 40 homes in Halton that have been repriced, either upwards or downwards. So, um, which was unheard of two weeks ago, right? Yeah. If you backtrack into February, I mean, that one of every home that was being listed sold. Um, so I think a couple of things happened is to your point, there's more homes out there. Um, I think there's definitely a little bit of seller greed kind of set in. Um, they're not doing direct comparisons on homes. Um, and people rushed, I think there was a bunch of homes you saw that were rushed to market to try and capitalize on that upward trend that everyone saw. Um, and it's pretty obvious when you see, uh, an influx of investors trying to cash out. So a lot of homes that are being uh, tenanted, not staged properly, not photographed properly, um, certainly, um, affecting homes that are properly presented as well. I think along or what Ariel said about FOMO with buyers previously has transferred to sellers. It's like sellers are seeing their neighbors sell for big bucks and now they're (laughs) in fear of missing out in their listing uh, and sometimes shortcutting the process, adding more. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like, oh my God, I want to sell before the market crashes, but they don't actually realize they're causing prices to change. (laughs) For, for, For those of you that followed the Broussard Renault, and I talked to you about some of you about that. When we started the renovation on that property, the beginning of December, 
So we owned, for those of you that didn't follow our Brassard reno, we had a townhome here in Milton. Adrian and I purchased it two and a half years ago. It was tenanted um, because of the lack of supply in the market and um, our ambitions of doing something else with that money business related. Um, we decided to sell it when our tenant uh, provided us notice. Uh, that was at the beginning of December. Beginning of December to end of January, the value of the property had increased, in our opinion, by, I would say, about, what, 15% or so, Adrian, at least? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we sold the property for about 10% over our expectation from when we started staging the property. And that swing was a huge swing to that we wouldn't have expected. Now that was three, almost a month ago that we sold the property. And in that time, a whole lot more inventory, a bunch more townhomes have come on the market and larger, newer homes have sold for less money than what we got for that property. So uh, the inventory clearly was having a factor on the townhome market. And um, when we did our analysis, there were two townhomes, two freehold townhomes available in all of Milton. No surprise that the prices were shooting up. Uh, as of a couple of days ago, there were almost 30 freehold townhomes in, in Milton. Uh, what else you guys got to say? Steve C, Steve B, Vish, and Robin round out the crew today. I, just, I, I took a couple notes. Um, nothing outside of, of what hasn't been said, but there's there's one thing that I've noticed as well, and I noticed this last year, is buyer fatigue. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're working with buyers and $150,000, $200,000, and you continue to get beat up, uh, there comes a point where, and I've seen this with clients that I've had, you just catch your breath, okay? And you, 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 you get tired of beating, being beaten up. Um, the other point that I made, and I think this is short-term, all, all of these little things are short-term, which, which makes it very challenging right now because we are in a transition, but the psychology behind the rate increase. I mean, let's be honest, 0.25 is not a huge rate increase, but it's the start of something that's going to come that we've been anticipating for a while. So I think what people have done is they run to their bank, they run to their broker, they run to everything. Oh my gosh, can I still afford a home? Um, you know, once they're assured, once they're given a hug, I think we're going to see these people jump back in. Uh, and then the point that's also been raised is, is this influx of inventory where people say, oh my goodness, my neighbor sold for this. Well, you know, my floors are nicer than that. So I can get a hundred thousand dollars more. So you've got all of these things. Must be nice floors. <laughs> I was just going to say, what are those floors made of? <laughs> you know, all of a sudden you've got these, these three items that are creating such a difference so quickly so we've got this transition occurring and I fully agree with the point two, three, four weeks from now, I think it'll be a lot easier to make decisions, but right now it's just so challenging because we're in a transition. I mean, who knows what's going to happen, right? Yeah, I would have to yeah. agree. Yes, I agree. We had, yeah. 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 I agree with you guys and what you said and everything else. Uh, and what I was seeing recently is I had some buyers, um, buy a home in Brampton just recently, two weeks ago. And prior to that, when we were looking at stuff, the prices were just escalating, escalating, escalating. 
And this particular home, they wanted to wait for offer nights. So they did the uh, strategy, you know, list a little bit lower, hold off on offers, and, and that's it. They're not going to take any offers until then. So lo and behold, uh, offer night comes. Um, they've got like one or two offers, not the 30 that they were expecting, and definitely not in the price range what they were expecting. Kudos to my buyers. They held firm, and they got the house lower than what two previous homes sold for like a week to two weeks before they sold for more. It was incredible. So I'm definitely starting to see a change for sure. Absolutely. I, I think, yeah. I think, I think that over, I think that um, market value in the homes hasn't changed that much, but the panic, like almost panic buying or overbidding has certainly cooled on, on homes and you can't rely on that 30 offers and the homes have to be presented. Homes are going to sell before they're worth, but the nicer homes are always going to sell for, for more money. Yeah. Let me, and what well, else, I'm sorry to interrupt. And what else I'm seeing is, I don't know if you guys are noticing, but when we're showing homes, um, what you would get uh, an automatic update, uh, like a day before or the day of offer night, like all these updates saying, these are what's going to happen, how the offer is going to be held. Uh, and nobody was calling you to see, you know, are you coming with an offer? Do you have any questions? Yada, yada, yada. Like we do, we follow up. But nobody was calling. Just recently, now that there's no, they're not getting offers on offer night, I'm getting these phone calls from these listing agents saying, do you have any questions? Did your clients like the property? You, you know, anything. I wasn't getting that before because before everything was just going in multiple offers. A little so, more salesmanship involved, huh? Oh, absolutely. Right. So let but me I just say this. Uh, I, I want to just put a little ease to everybody's mind. You guys and whoever is listening or watching. Um, first of all, the overall forecast for this year is still that homes are going to increase in price year over year. So once we compare December of 21 to December of 22, you will see that the value of properties increased. You look at today, you know, we're mid mid March. If we look at the price today, even though there is that downward pressure and like Steve Bruman commented that they purchased a home below what the previous two comparable homes sold for. If you compare what your clients paid today or whenever it was last week uh, to the price that that property would have sold in December, the price is still higher, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's not like you know, you're losing everything here. You could have bought a home no. in December and sold it this month and still profited. Mm -hmm. um, now, I think what's going to happen is buyers are going to get smart. They are going to get stubborn and uh, they are going to negotiate a bit more. So just as your clients did, Bruman. Um, and that is going to prevent or halt some decisions from sellers. Sellers are now going to say, uh, you know what? There's a little bit of a weird thing happening in the market. Did you see that home that sold down the street? It sold below asking price or it didn't sell. And then they relisted it. Maybe now is not a good time for us to sell. Let's wait. So, as funny as this market is, mark my words, 
you're now going to see the inventory that has accumulated in the last two weeks. It's still going to accumulate over the next week or two. But the buyer audience that is out there that have their pre-approvals or that are able to negotiate a deal and willing to negotiate a deal, they are going to start to dry up that inventory. It's going to take a bit of time. How much time? I don't know. But that inventory that's depleting will not be replaced at the same rate. So once again, there will be a point in the not very distant future that the inventory will be low again, mm-hmm. and then that same cycle will happen. So if you're a buyer, I am, I'm throwing the caution to the wind that you better be ready to buy. Mm-hmm. I mean, get your financial house in order like in the next day, that means having that full pre-approval. So you have that purchasing power, get your deposit money lined up and be prepared to buy a home today or tomorrow, because there will be buying opportunities out there. There will be sellers that will be desperate and willing to negotiate. Um, And then if you're a seller, maybe now is not the time to pull the trigger. You got to have that strategic conversation like Chris was mentioning, because there is still a marketplace for unique, nice, well-presented homes in good areas. Um, But maybe you're just sitting on the sidelines a little bit. The key is your home has to be ready to go at any given moment. So if your basement needs to be painted, if furniture needs to be moved out, if there's maintenance items to be addressed, you need to be able to hand over the key to your realtor and turn around that listing within a few days um, to capitalize on what that market is doing at that moment. That Those are mm-hmm. the messages I think that are abundantly important to have with any clients in the current state of the market. Great great point, Ariel. Um, I will say like, you know, I always tell to my clients that, you know what, uh, you cannot time the market. If you're buying the property just for two months, three months, or like a year, think about these things. But because you're buying to live over there, over four or five years, it's, it's not going to matter. You remember like 2016, 2017, when people, you know, uh, properties were not appreciating and people say like, oh, we bought it too expensive. Those same people are laughing today because their properties got 700 to 800,000 more. So I think like the time in the market, it's short interval, everybody get panic, and especially those people who don't know the real estate mm-hmm. market, but they read the news and they get, say, you know what, world is going to end. Now the third world war. So I will say like you, what you uh, pointed out there, uh, the transition is going to happen. People take time to adjust uh, for buyers. If you're ready right now, this is a great opportunity. And if you're a seller, depending upon your situation, if you can hold on, that's great. But if not, this is time to sell. Well, and we see a shift Mm -hmm. every year at this time. It's just, Sometimes it's a little bit earlier. Sometimes it's a little bit later. This year, it was earlier. Uh, Usually, we see an influx of inventory, I would say, more consistently after the March break. Um, One thing that's going to be interesting this year year that's unique to, and we haven't had it for a couple of years, is now COVID restrictions are lifting. And Taking the um, words out of my mouth. That was the next thing I I was going to talk about. I have clients that shortly after the passport... um, 
requirement was lifted, they started booking trips. And we're going to see that a lot of people are going to be away this summer, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to cause a huge lack of inventory. And then we'll probably see a surge as everybody can, kind of gets back to normal at the end of the, the <laughs> summer season. Well, and I also mm-hmm. think uh, people's purchasing power is going to change based on their spending habits this year, right? Like if all of a sudden you're taking a vacation with your family of four, okay, you go away for a week to a resort somewhere south and, and you're like, we deserve it after the last two years. We're going on vacation, honey. Uh, you got 10 grand to spend on that vacation because that's what it's going to cost you. Now, does that take away from your deposit that you were going to use to purchase a home? The other thing is people are now going to start going to concerts. I can't wait to go to a concert and uh, have a great night out, go and have a nice dinner, go with some friends. And, you know, people are going to go out to bars and clubs, go to Maple Leaf and Blue Jays games. And well, maybe not Blue Jays yet, but uh, (laughs) Raptors, I don't know. Um, So uh, there's going to be activities, Canada's Wonderland, like all of these things. So it's not only going to take away people's financial means potentially, but also their time, right? They're not going to have the time they're going, they rented a cottage through Airbnb. They called Steve C and said, Hey, is your cottage available next weekend? We'd love to rent it. Uh, little we plug should, for you. We, there. Should, <laughs> we should start pushing really hard on first time home buyers because um, perhaps next year we'll see a big surge in uh, babies. Well, we, people are allowed babies. to get out and actually start interacting oh, right. again. Right. Um, you know, we talked a few days ago and potentially regurgitating some of our content that is still very relevant today. And one of those topics was, should you forego your wedding and use that money? If you're a first time home buyer, new couple, um, should you forego the wedding? Don't spend the hundred grand on your wedding and use that as a down payment. Um, now would be a good time to do that, but there haven't been too many weddings over the last two years. I haven't gotten invited to one. I guarantee you I'm going to get five invites later this year. So now people are going to start spending their money on weddings and parties and having barbecues and family over and, you know, driving somewhere to go and visit family that's out of province, whatever. So, so those are things that are going to potentially affect the market. So you have to be and don't aware. forget. And don't forget people going back to work with $2 in gas right now. Mm. And they, they uh, you oh. know, uh, I think John Tory was saying that, that people uh, should come back and people have started going back. Companies are calling them uh, come back to work. So that's it's really impact as well. Really interesting. You said those two points, Vish, because it cost me 160 bucks to fill up my vehicle yesterday. And you know, I've been toying with the idea of selling the cottage. Well, now, you know, it's a tank of gas for me to go and come back uh, to the cottage. So when we bought the property, it would cost me $75, $80. It's now double. And I make that trip four times a month during the peak season from May to October. So now my fuel back and forth to the cottage every month is over $600 that I'm going to spend there. So that changes my, my spending power. Um, and 
on the topic of people going back to work. You know, over the last two years, we've all done deals of, uh, we've done transactions where the buyer says, oh, I don't need to live in downtown Toronto anymore. So instead of renting, I'm going to buy a townhome in Guelph. We've done a lot of those kind of transactions, all of us. I wonder if it's now going to revert. And well, we've, people, we've seen that already when people have moved further out and away from work and it's like, oh, half hour drive's not a big deal. And then they actually do it for a year. That half hour that Google says doesn't account for you know 45 or 60 minutes in traffic and then extra wear and tear on their vehicle. So now they have to buy a new car every three or four years instead of five, six or seven. And the um, extra gas costs now. They're missing, they uh, can't get home to see their kids' activities. Um, so I think that would be a, I think we're going to see that people realizing what they had before. And even if you factor in the rate increase of 0.25, um, I have a number in front of me, it's like on a $700,000 mortgage, that increases your rate or payment about 80 bucks. So I think people are spending more money on gas than they would be on this rate increase. And once people get the head around, it's still relatively, well, it's still cheap money historically. Um, where do you want to live and prioritize that? And if you can afford it, where, live, where, where, live where it makes sense for you, not where you think the best value is or the deal or, or whatever else. Yeah. I don't know that any of these things will have a profound impact because there's always two sides to the equation. So there's also the other group of people who have been sitting tight waiting for things to get back to normal. So they know what their uh, new work life will actually look like once the organization they work for decides, okay, you can stay at home and work uh, permanently now uh, coming out of COVID or now it's going to be two days a week. I see a lot of that know two three days a week instead of having the full full five days a week um a balance of what they've experienced in the last couple of years but now that they have that definitive answer you're going to have some people that are more comfortable making decision to whether or not they want to move well the other thing is uh, on that topic is uh, a lot of people are refusing to going back to work and because they can't afford it and they're getting their job somewhere else job market was pretty hot uh, you can't find people, uh, you know, in all trades. It's not only the high-paying jobs, but also looking to the low-paying jobs as well. So I think that's going to impact as well, depending upon its transition. It's still changing. It's still settling. Um, but I think not 100% people are going to go back. So people who are out there who purchase the property uh, in suburb don't need to be panic or worry and start selling your house, Okay. Uh, that's what I want to say. Uh, it's still going to be, uh, you know, on the balance. It's not going to be 100% people going back was uh, uh, prior to COVID. But I, I, I also think there's a whole bunch of, and I mean, just listening to all the points that have been brought up, which have been excellent, but there's a whole bunch of what the heck's going on right now. Because I mean, not just real estate, you've got global economy, you've got local economies, you've got so many different factors. And there's some people that are just going to thrive under that and take advantage of potential opportunities. But then there's other people that are just going to sit and wait until things stabilize, even for a month, two months, three months. So I, I think it's a really strange time right now. And, and I think 
the best that we can do to mitigate that is just keep our ears to the ground, talk to colleagues, talk to others, and make sure that we're having these conversations, tough or otherwise, with our clients. Well, it's important to have these conversations uh, because when the media starts talking about it, it'll be a month from now, and that will have already come to pass. And the market at that time, when they're telling everybody what's happening, will be completely different. So it's very different coming from somebody who's uh, on the streets grinding every day and getting um, firsthand experience and conversation from buyers and sellers. That's a that's a huge huge point is is media and, and you know what they lead people to believe um, and I think it's just important to have objective discussions versus the subjective ones that are going to have more people tune in. I, I think that's a great point. Well, and the other yeah. part to that is literally the market is changing on a daily basis. A daily basis. Um, I was shocked. I I can't and won't disclose what addresses or what types of properties, but in the last 24 hours, I was shocked to see that A, there were a couple of homes that I thought for sure would sell that did not, and B, there were a couple of homes that sold below what I expected even for it to sell in the current market. Um, And that actually, you know, could flip tomorrow you could have something that surprises you and says, wow, they got more than I expected. So, so the the market is actually changing uh, so fast that the advice that you got a week ago is no longer relevant. Mm -hmm. Oh shit. This podcast is already outdated. This whole conversation (laughs) was a waste. (laughs) Yeah. If you're listening to this in September, uh, you might want to call us to get an update. (laughs) The other thing uh, is, are, like, um, everybody's situation is different. You know, it's now we cannot, we always wait, like, you know, because it's happening globally, happening all over GTA, but it turned out like in the Milton might be different than Oakville, right? Uh, because, you know, different kind of uh, uh, people are there, different kind of houses are there, different kind of neighborhoods are there. And that's what's going to make a difference, too. So, uh, to my opinion, when seller or buyer asks me that question, I always say that depending upon your financial situation, if you can hold on to that property and you can survive by paying, that's okay. You can hold on that property. But if you need it, don't wait. Then you have to sell because things not going to uh, change that much. Well, interesting you should say that because I wonder if we're going to see sellers in Halton, Peel, you know, the areas, again, that we spoke of, um, that sell in fear of missing out, that there is downward pressure, and they fear that the prices are going to come down, let's cash out while, while we still can, and move to somewhere that is much cheaper. So, you know, we're Big fans of the Huntsville area as an example. I wonder if areas like that start to see an influx again of GTA buyers that are just in fear of the prices continuing to go down um, and then end up buying in other areas. So 
So it's interesting to watch over the coming weeks as to what the cheaper locations uh, might be seeing, because maybe they start heating up their markets uh, because of what's happening in the uh, bigger towns, bigger cities. So well, back in 2017, the one experience I had that I would advise against is I had clients who insisted on selling to pull out of the market completely because they they figured they were at the peak and they wanted to sell and cash back cash in, buy back in when it was the right time. They missed the opportunity to buy back in. They've been renting for five years and prices have more than doubled. Um, so I would say if people are contemplating that in fear of missing out on the high prices, don't take your foot out of the market completely. Even if you, although I'm not a huge um, fan of pre-construction, that's one option. Buy a pre-construction condo just to keep your foot in the market or buy a small townhouse or something outside of your market that you can rent out. Uh, just have your foot in the market in case, because you never know where the market's going to go. In long-term, I'd say it's unquestionably going to go up. Uh, it's just a matter of when. Well, I think everyone in the moment, very few people in the moment, like I think back of every house I purchase and quite personally and clients, everyone thinks it's a ton of money in the moment or it's natural having that, you know, a little bit of buyer's regret or, you know, that second thought when you're spending 500,000, a million or $2 million. Fast forward two, three years later, everyone's like, wow, they don't talk about how much money they spent on the house. They talk about what a great deal it is and how much money they've made on the property. I mean, yeah. that hasn't changed in. If not, really. I, I wish I, I wish I got something a bit bigger, right? Like, well, that's right. just it. Everyone always wants to spend more money. Um, yeah. In retrospect, I would have bought two, everyone always says, right? The Canadian uh, real estate market always gives you the coulda, shoulda, woulda. Right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what location you're in. Uh, on that note, uh, thanks for everybody's insight today. Really appreciate you sitting in. Hopefully uh, you got some uh, little little tidbits of information. And um, if you have anything you want to chat about, uh, always feel free to reach out and uh, we'll wrap this up for today. Unless anybody else, uh, Adrian or anybody else has anything else you want to add in last minute. Thanks for everyone's insight. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. You have a great day and we'll see you later. Thank you. Yeah. Have a wonderful day. Nice seeing you guys. Bye, everyone. Take care, guys. Bye. Be good. All right. Well, there you go. Thanks for uh, watching episode watching or listening episode 174 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Hope you enjoyed uh, our comments on the changes in the market. If you have any questions or comments, shoot us a message. Let us know. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you feel. Uh, lots of questions probably going to occur in your buyers and sellers' minds that are uh, kind of clouded with all this information. So we're happy to answer any questions. If you were listening to this podcast, you can watch at ktconfidential.ca. It'll take you right to the playlist so you can watch all 174 episodes. And if you were watching... You can listen to anywhere you stream your podcast. That's it for this week. I thought you I thought you were just recording an outro, not a whole nother podcast. You want me to? No, no, I like it. You want me to do a quick one? No, no, I liked it. I just thought I would mess well, why you up the up at the Why the fuck did end. you interrupt me then? Thanks for listening. Bye.